0: Okay, so this is part two yes. of the Lance Armstrong special, which is actually part of the Frequency episode number sixty six. But not everyone right. listens to that, exactly. And that's all right. Shame on them, but that's all right.
1: But this is a special. It's a big news story. The and I realize I, I didn't. We didn't
0: do any intro f- to the last no, special. We just went into it. It
1: it made but, sense. You kind of introed.
0: I'm Dan Benjamin, about... and the woman uh, speaking Hattie is Cook. Hattie Cook. Mm-hmm. She is the uh, producer here at Five by Five, and also the co-host with me of the frequency, just in case you don't know what that is or that is. There, now we've done an intro.
1: That's us. And we're talking about?
0: We are going to be talking about the Lance Armstrong uh, interview as a whole, but also part two, which premiered on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a lot more to say, especially Hattie. She had a lot more to say. She'd taken a lot of notes. And we thought it might be fun to uh, allow folks to call in if they're interested. I don't expect any calls because I think, first of all, this is not a technology issue. Right, And the only people that listen to these shows, they don't care about sports, they don't care about doping, they don't care about anything. But it's
1: a news story. Everyone has an opinion,
0: in a way. But here's what we do. If we open up the lines, then at least we can say we gave people a chance to talk. I do not expect anyone to call right. into this. I expect zero calls. Or if we just calls. get one
1: call, it's fine.
0: I expect zero calls. Yep. I expect zero calls, and we already have a call. Yay! <laughs> but you want to wait you, for... Uh... No, I don't wait for anybody. They wait for us.
1: Why is that a comment that comes up? What? <laughs> so I'm on this article on Sports Illustrated? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I That's so I don't weird.
1: Know. I've never seen comments
0: like... 512-518-5714. That's the quit line. But you can call in using that line today. And we will take your call. And Hattie will... Respond directly to you because this is to be honest, this is your this is your thing. That's
1: very sweet, but I also would like it to be a discussion as well. I need it. No, <laughs> no soundboard, no soundboard this. on
0: this. No soundboard on this art. Not even your theme song.
1: No, definitely not. That. All right.
0: So five one two five one eight five seven one four. If you'd like to call in and talk. All we need is one call. We take the one call, it's gonna be fine. Yeah. Uh anyway, part one.
1: Yes. Let's, it, it, let, you want to recap? A quick the, recap. A small recap.
0: A yes. quick recap. Uh,
1: how, would you, how would you recap the Oprah, first Oprah part? Oprah starts
0: out. She talks to Lance. She asks him yes or no questions. Mm-hmm. And the yes or no questions include, did you dope? What kind of doping did you do? Did you force other people to do it?
1: Uh-huh. Were uh, you a bully? Were you a bully? Do you feel sorry? Do you feel sorry? All of these things.
0: And the answer is, of course, yes. He doped. He used uh, the uh, testosterone. He used uh, the Edgar Allan Poe. He used one other thing.
1: No, that's EPO.
0: That's it, the EPO, and then the... the
1: what, like the oxygenation the Oxygenation, oxygenation of, the blood? Uh, of where, you, where
0: you take a blood transfusion you into your own blood, I think is what they and they put it back it, yes. in. Is They're, that legal if you're not competing?
1: And this is a serious question. I believe it is. That's not the bad thing, because at higher, at higher altitudes, yeah. you want to be able to... Perform well,
0: but it's it's not blood that would have been in your system, so therefore it's it's cheating.
1: It's your own blood,
0: but it's not blood that would have been in your system right. at the time. It's, right,
1: so it, it is giving you a fa- a false advantage. Yeah,
0: this is a le- this advantage. is a legitimate question, and I'm not asking this to be funny. I oh, know. I'm, I'm actually asking this if if any of our listeners in the chat room or elsewhere, um, can have have ever had a blood put put into them their own blood put into them when they didn't need it like they weren't they didn't get stabbed or something oh and they're they just, needed a blood. they're healthy and then they got some blood put in has, has anyone done that how do you feel after that do you feel different or is it just a matter of performing better running well, better? having
1: the oxygen you know that's, that's
0: all i want to say. do you feel like is it like a, do you get pumped up or I something
1: i think i think and where does
0: the blood go like can can you have?
1: Well, you don't get you don't put more. It's okay. no, they're putting more blood in. No, no, no. But it it goes in a circle. Like the, the blood is coming out of you, it goes through the oxygenator, and then goes back into you. Well, that's what it's oh, doing.
0: I thought that he had no. taken his own blood donations and then was putting his own blood. No, like, you, can't in addition more, to, you can't put more. You can't
1: put more blood. That's what in. I thought he was no, doing. No, no. I told you it was going to so.
0: sound like a stupid question, no, no, but no, I don't know no, anything about the, this. It's the
1: circulation. You're just. It's like it's going through a filtration process, but it's putting oxygen okay. into. I
0: industry. just wanted to know.
1: Because it, it helps.
0: It's uh, d- overly oxygenating your blood.
1: Right. It helps you perform well. Okay. than I thought they were sometimes.
0: adding more blood to you.
1: No, I don't think so. If I'm wrong, then I'm sorely wrong. But I don't believe so because I don't think your heart could handle that.
0: This uh, We also talked about body language.
1: Yes and, and, and uh, you and I
0: were doing our amateur uh, I read
1: this and I was like i I you
0: nailed it right
1: Well, I nailed it on things that I wasn't even picking up on uh, right like it was all subconscious uh, when I was talking about how when he starts talking about his uh, children he I was like that's the only part I'd really believe hmm. and t- t- so tell funny. us what did he
0: say about his children
1: uh okay hold on let me, let me let's bust out the notes. Let's bust
0: out You've notes. taken copious notes. I right, will right, put right, these right. links into the uh, specials, which you can get to by uh, going to 5 by five, uh, dot tv slash specials. Um, sorry, I should have this open already. Oh
1: my gosh, I have so many notes and they're all scattered and I don't know how I'm going to go through this. I special didn't number 12.
0: This. So 5 by five, dot tv slash special slash 12. The first link is entitled, it's over at the Telegraph. Uh, it says body language expert David Al- 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 Alsima, Analyzes Lance Armstrong's interview with Oprah, and it has photos of him in different poses, showing his body language and uh, and things like that. And it says body language reveals Armstrong made truthful admission. Grasped hands indicated anxiety or low level nervousness. We talked about some of that, and uh, he he there's some other really good
1: ones. Um, I'm trying to find the anyway. He starts talking about where is that.
0: When it came to responding to some of the questions, however, rather than give direct responses, he paused. That delay and a direct eye gaze would indicate careful delivery of his answer. Well, seems obvious, right? Mm -hmm. Armstrong answered most of the questions with a straight gaze, making it difficult to read information or signals from what we term visual eye-accessing signals. Often, the direction of the eyes can help in reading whether interviewees are remembering images, recalling conversations, or constructing their answers. Without the eye directions, it was difficult in defining the accuracy of many of the responses. The person counted over, uh, this 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 uh, analyzer guy, this expert, he says he counted over 22 hand-to-face gestures. Most of these uh, were yeah. the index finger placed over the top lip, mm-hmm. right? That signal would normally indicate negative thinking and matches his statements as he talks about the negative situation. Armstrong also interlocked his fingers during the interview, moving them from a lock to a grasp position, which would indicate anxiety or low-level nervousness. A relaxed hand placement would be to grasp without the interlocking of fingers. Many people clasp their hands during an interview to keep them still and to avoid fidgeting or communicating. Ooh.
1: <laughs> I know. i My mic is too low.
0: You, you can put it up here. You can do it like this. No, I don't want to do See? that. See? That's out of the way. Um, Here's what he says. Overall, from time analyzing the interview, I'd suggest Lance to be providing adequate and honest responses and displaying a humble attitude, minimal dominant body language throughout his hand gestures. He did not have palm down gestures,
2: Mm-mm.
0: where his hands would have illustrated the dominant attitude. They didn't. They didn't see that. Open hand gestures indicate honesty and submission.
1: Okay, uh, if you scroll down a little bit, do you see how he has his ankle on his, uh, his right ankle on his left knee? Yeah, or vice versa, I guess. Uh, that that's called like the four the regal for something okay. i can't remember it it was in this article and now it's not in here i read a lot of articles last night and i'm not sure i saved all of them um but apparently that is a uh, a very i never have words for things anymore it's a very dominant and aggressive mm. and st- like a sturdy stance like okay. i feel this way and i'm not changing mm-hmm. but as soon as he started talking about his kids mm-hmm. that leg came down immediately mm-hmm. um uh, and he also he he cried this time yep cried this time uh, and
0: keep in mind this interview was not conducted as two separate interviews it was one, was one long, long interview, interview that they broke up into into two because they felt that they could they didn't want to cut it down into uh, into, right. Into I'm just glad one. they did this. Let's just go over some of the key admissions.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have a list here.
0: He admitted to using EPO. Yes. He used human growth hormone. Mm-hmm. He blood doped.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He says, uh, um, he admits that his success is in quote one big lie. He did not feel that what he was doing was wrong. He says he didn't feel that he cheated. He says he didn't create the at the time. At the time. At the time. Now we don't. We don't really know what he thinks about it now. I mean, now obviously he's caught, so he has to say it was wrong. But he says he didn't create the culture of doping, but he didn't try to stop it. He did say that he was a bully. And he wants to uh, call and apologize to the people that he in the past has sued for saying that he was doping.
1: Mm -hmm. He's made a few calls. He's Um, made a
0: few calls to people who apparently don't want to.
1: The other, the other thing when he seemed actually legitimately upset was when he was talking about severing ties from the Strong Foundation as a whole.
0: Right. Because he was asked to step aside.
1: Right. First, okay. So first he was taken off uh, or he stepped down as chairman, correct? And then he became, but he was still part of the board. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he was asked to sever all ties. Uh, actually, I have a, uh, a cool insight, which I would have had earlier. Earlier, maybe, um, it, since LiveStrong is the headquarters for the Live or Austin is the head. Let's try this again. Austin is the headquarters for the LiveStrong Foundation, right? And uh, so, letterheads and things like that. The all the paper is here. All there. It's all made here. Uh, I know uh, a woman at. A certain paper company that handles all the Livestrong uh, stationery and envelopes Mm -hmm. and all that Um, corporate identity, corporate identity, I guess. Um, And she said, I could have told you, but, you know, I was sworn to secrecy that five, six months ago we had to redo the entire stock of paper and everything and take his name off of everything. And she was like, but we couldn't say anything at the time. So I thought that was pretty interesting. They've been planning this for a long time. Right. Um Yep. So he severed all ties from low Strong. Now, I I have a question in here. You you have to help me out. I'm I have to look for all this stuff. I'm eating, to, I'm eating this I know thing that got in. I know.
0: What do you need help with?
1: No, I just want you to continue talking and fill time while I'm trying to find this. Mm-hmm this thing and why don't we take a my, call in my let's
0: take a call terrible
1: notes okay take Sounds a call good.
0: you're ready to you ready to take well, this call to right? look
1: for this thing That's that i'm be trying you. to ask so you can you can
3: take this call it'll be great no
0: well, it's a call for you well, okay, okay. I'm um, ready to go. who's this 216
3: hey guys how are you doing dan hey. And patty Hi. hey we're doing
0: good thanks for the call where what uh what's your name
3: my name is mark
0: hey mark thanks for calling in what's on your mind
3: Yeah. So, uh, I love you guys and shows five by five. You're great. Um, today, uh, something I know a little bit about cycling. I used to be an elite level cyclist and I'm also a geek. So uh, that's how I know you guys.
0: Well, what, explain Um, what an elite level cyclist is for those who don't necessarily know what that means.
3: Well, I used to be, I'm not anymore, but somebody that kind of just grows up around the sport. You train, you train a lot. Um, you start out at a low level category, like a category five, and you work your way up through the categories. Some guys go on and become professionals. Some guys kind of just stay halfway in between. And, um, you, you know, it, it, cycling is a weird thing. It's, it, it's unlike any other sport out there because, um, people kind of put all their life their love everything into one thing, no matter how old they are, when you get into the sport. They, they, they just put so much time and effort in. I've seen 40-year-old men uh, with kids and, 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 and jobs um, quit their jobs just to ride a bicycle all day and compete on the weekends. Pretty intense stuff. It
1: seems like that. I mean, all the people, you know, that I see out riding in Austin and, you know, I'll see people multiple times on the same road, just hours and hours a day. And so, yeah, it seems like a very intensive sport for everyone that's a part yeah. of it.
3: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And, it, and it's funny that you guys could have a, a quit show just based around people that give up their jobs and their lives to just to become uh, cyclists. There's that many of them out there that really do that. Um, real quick, I just want to clarify some of the, the blood doping things.
1: Yes, definitely. And,
3: okay, so what blood doping is, and you are right, what happens is the athlete has his blood removed, It is frozen, it's stored in bags, put in freezers, and then at a later date, months down the road, when your blood levels are normal, the blood is injected back into your body. It's not cycled through, it's not like a Uh kidney, where you have kidney failure and it cleans the blood. It's put back into your system and this increases your red blood cells. So no blood Uh is removed, only blood is added. But when your red blood cells are increased, it allows you to recover faster. So let's say you went out and you rode your bike every day and you could easily ride for two hours a day. You rode for four hours today and you were exhausted the next day. When you blood though, that helps your body recover while you're sleeping.
1: Um,
0: okay, so it's, so it's, so more it's of a not next day, next day thing. So it's not like it's not like you you put this in and it's a and then you go out and ride and, and it's right. like you just got a you took a like a, a super serum or something and, and you're going to perform better. It's more like this is going to help keep
1: you going for multiple days.
3: Exactly. exactly. So that's it why it's so important. Faster.
0: So now I'm sure that you've never done this, but it, if you've ever known someone who's done this, have you ever? Uh, heard them describe, do you feel different or is it simply a matter of having faster recovery and better performance and and you don't feel any different? Or do you feel like Superman?
3: Faster recovery, better performance. When you're at that level and you're riding something like the Tour de France where you're riding every day for 100 miles a day, everybody's exhausted. Right. The next day, I mean, what separates your exhaustion from another person's exhaustion is that little bit of an edge that helps you uh, uh, become better or, or even finish a stage for some of the riders or to win a stage for the other riders. And, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying everybody does it in the sport. Maybe at one time the majority of people didn't in the sport, but even at the amateur level, even at the amateur level, i hate to say this, but like on wall street where older men have been known to get testosterone therapy, um, to compete with younger men on Wall Street, there was a big article, I think, in the Wall Street Times or something like that, or the Wall Street Journal, I mean, that discussed that. People are always looking for a competitive advantage in sport, so that is one of the things that that, that separates that, that actually helps. Now, famously, La- La- Lance
0: Armstrong—not not to interrupt yet—but I have a question about on this tangent. Sure, um, Lance Armstrong, you know, had testicular cancer, and arguably. Couldn't couldn't he have qualified for testosterone? I mean, maybe not at the levels or in the way that he was receiving it, right? But didn't I don't want to say wouldn't it be allowed? But it, it's not but uncommon for somebody who's been be through allowed? that yeah. to receive Take. some kind of testosterone injections of, of some form or another. Is that
2: am I wrong you, you, about
3: that? You wouldn't be allowed to compete. You know, everybody has to be on a, on, a, on a playing field. So I, I think at that point, the, the governing bodies of cycling would say. You know, if you need this testosterone therapy just to be a normal individual,
2: yeah.
3: it, it, you, can't, you can't be a part of this. You can't, you uh, know, it, it's, nobody gets a free pass. Right. Nobody gets a free pass, you know, just because it, it'd be like saying, it, you know, your blood, your, your red blood cell levels are low. How about you go ahead and you're allowed to blood, though, because we'll get your levels up to everybody else. You know, if there was some super sport, which people have argued about in the past, and, let's create a super sport where everybody's allowed to dope and everybody's allowed to do these things and you don't have to worry about stuff.
0: Like okay. This. And that's, that's you kind know? of the, yeah. the, the just, argument that I threw out at the end of the last show. I don't actually believe that, but I, I threw it out there. Mm-hmm. It, w- w- what's wrong with that argument of saying, oh, let them dope, let everyone dope. Anyone can dope any way that they and want.
1: still see, you know, if everybody's,
0: just, you know, let's see what you can do. Push then yourself there is no as advantage hard as
1: you can. And of
0: course, <laughs> so what happens then, and this is maybe why it's bad is that, uh, everybody now has to dope in order to compete and anybody who's not to, but so explain to me what's, isn't that what's going on kind of behind the scenes anyway? I mean, are there people out there who are, who are able to win without doping? Is that even possible? Can you even do that even today when it's not legal?
3: Well, I mean, it's, I don't know if it goes on everywhere. I've seen it in amateur ranks. I've I've seen it in the professional ranks. Of course, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, put anybody down or put the sport down and say that it's rampant and it's everywhere. But think about all sports, think about football, think about baseball, think about these sports. We raise our kids in high school to be bigger, right. to be faster. Like that is the thing. Okay. When you grow up as a cyclist, you it, it doesn't start as a team thing. Like the tour does or a professional cyclist. You're not on a team. You're out there for yourself. You start out, you're a local kid, you get a bicycle, you show up, you show up with these local races, they're sanctioned races. All of a sudden you start impressing people because you're fast, you're faster than everybody else. I'm not saying a 12 year old kid's out there doping, but he just may be genetically gifted. He may be bigger than everybody else that's 12 years old and it allows them to come through the ranks quicker. So when Lance Armstrong was 10, 11, 12 years old, he was a big 12 year old boy. You know, he was He was developed. He was growing. He was a triathlete. These are all sports that you race for yourself. Then you get into cycling, you're going through the ranks. You are an individual. You are racing for yourself. You're competing against other boys your age. And if you're good enough, you start entering the ranks of of men. You know, he could be, he was probably 15, 16 years old, racing with 20 year old, 22 year old guys. And he was crushing them, he was beating them without any performance in him and Right. He was just gifted and he came through the ranks as that. He got picked up by teams. You're like, who is this anomaly? Who is this kid? He came through and that's what it takes to become a, a, a real professional cyclist. Now you're on the same level playing field for the most part as the rest of the guys around you. Some guys are ridiculously strong, but at the same level, you are a professional. You're expected to, 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 to have results, to perform in a certain way. Hmm. Then That's not the tour. The tour is a whole different thing. You think of how many cyclists are out there in the world, how many professionals are in the world, only nine guys out of every team in the whole world make it to the tour. So let's say there's eight teams and nine guys on every team are actually picked to actually make it to the tour. de So we're talking about very elite athletes at this point. Some guys are big sprinters that only win the, the sprint stages. Some guys are leaner. They win the mountain stages. And the best riders are the ones that kind of can take it all and put it together. Very good at time. Have style, the stamina. Very good. Yeah. At exactly. Exactly. Some guys, you know, the tour starts with 180 riders and it probably finishes with 120, mm-hmm. you know, hundred, depending on given year. People drop every day. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying this is true. I don't have an insider online on all of this, but I could tell you for sure that if he was, if Lance was, dope, he was doping, but, let, you know, let's say we didn't know if he was doping, and everybody around him, from the t- probably the top ten riders, at least were in, were, were doing something that wasn't legitimate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I have a question. Uh, he, he said that uh, everyone else got a six-month suspension for doping, and now he's kind of, uh, you know, getting "quote unquote" the death penalty, as he keeps using in the interview. Um, is that just for one instance of blood doping that they get a six month suspension? And I, what about in the in the middle of the Tour de France if they get tested and they test positive, then aren't they out? And that starts their six months. Yes. Okay,
3: uh, they're out of the tour, and then a governing body decides what they do with the rider at that point.
1: Okay, okay.
3: So a lot so, of these guys admit they just come clean. They're just like, look, that's I was doing it. We've been doing it for a while, and then some get a two year ban. And if they fulfill that ban, they'll they'll they they'll, they'll be able to compete again. Um, depending on offense, depending on the level of the the, the, the offense, it, you know Lance would have never. None of this would ever came to a head if these guys weren't getting busted.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know Lance never got busted in competition. Right. He never got you know tested positive for anything during competition. It's years later when they went back to develop new tests. Mm-hmm. They tested the blood that was stored in the laboratories, and they would have never done any of this, maybe, maybe they wouldn't have done any of this, if all, so many other riders didn't get busted, in other words. You know, it started with Tyler Hamilton, and then went on to um, one of his uh, ex-postal teammates, I can't think of his name right now, U.S. Postal teammates, who got busted after winning a stage in the tour and got removed from the tour that year. Yeah. So all of these guys started saying look you know it, 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 it's like the fbi they come after you probably and they say who did this who 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 else does this? give us the names how did this start we'll reduce your ban you'll be able to race again you know and you're at that level you're making a paycheck you're feeding your family mm-hmm. you know you're doing these things this is your job you might say hey look you know huh Okay, maybe I'll give you a name. I'll give you a name or I'll give you this, I'll give you that. If I can return to the sport. And there's plenty of riders in the sport right now that are in the sport today that have been banned at one point. Mm-hmm. But how and, many are in. Mm-hmm. and are back in. And are back in.
0: It sounds like they have a reasonable, I mean, to to be totally honest, this sounds like a relatively reasonable uh policy. Right. Where they, they're willing to let people
1: there's a, make a, kind a mistake of a second and come chance, back. Yeah. Because it's like you're allowed to ride if you're clean, but if you're not clean, then you're not going to ride. So, so it, why get clean and you can ride again?
0: So, do, are you telling me, caller? Are you telling me that when, if, if Lance had been
1: a regular old rider,
0: or even even Lance, Lance Armstrong, if yeah. he had been himself and he had, uh, he had, they when, found when the, him. In 2000, they found him. Yeah. They came to him and he would said, "Yes, this is true. This is true." that he would have gotten maybe a six month or two year suspension and come back and been able to compete again. And it would have just been over and he would have admitted it then. It
1: wouldn't be such a big deal.
3: Sure. Yeah. I I believe that. I believe that. I mean, it's just gone on for years. It's gone on for so long. I mean, we're talking the last tour that he won was two thousand five. seven years ago already. Mm -hmm. It'll be eight years this summer. That was the last tour that he won. Um, and that's a long time. I mean, most sports, you wouldn't even think about going after, you know, ex-athletes. I'm sure there's many sports out there that athletes have been doping for years. Nobody will ever know if they did or not. You know, you just you just believe in the athlete until they're proven guilty. And he was never officially proven guilty, you know, until they started testing some old samples and all these other riders. And one very, very close friend of his named George Hincapie, came mm-hmm. out. And said, yeah, it's kind of true. It's kind of true. Or it is true. So, you know, you got to think about it to yourself. And I'm not defending Lance in any way. I'm not his buddy. I don't even know him. I'm on a personal basis. You know, but you got to think of it this way. You get to a certain level in life and you built this empire around that. You have a foundation. You have all these people that believe in you. Are you going to wake up one day, you know, unless maybe you become Buddhist and you decide that you want to clear your slate? But you wake up one day, are you gonna say, I'm gonna just tell the truth and lose and risk all of it. Risk all of it.
1: Right, you've already it. built so much. so much.
3: Yeah. We had so much riding up, so much. And I'm not defending it. I'm not defending it, but you know, God, years and years of everything. Foundation, mm-hmm. cancer, live strong, all the tour, you know, all the people in Austin. I, I lived in Austin for a little while. I lived in San Antonio for a little while. You know, I lived in the years during the tours. It was, it was unreal. It it was like, you know, it was like the, if the Pope came to town or Lance came to town, more people would have been there for Lance Mm -hmm. than the Pope. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how important it it, it would have been. And all over, you know, there's guys that got into riding, guys and girls because of Lance. There's people that dated. Yeah.
1: There's lots of positive outcome because, because Lance existed and because of what he was doing. Okay,
0: So let, before we let you go, and thanks for the call, by the way, let me, let me just ask you this. It sounds like you were inspired by Lance. Now, what's your, what's your take? And I'm, um, maybe I, I feel like it might be representative of a lot of athletes in this, uh, in this competitive sport, but what's, what's your feeling toward Lance right now? Are you ready to forgive him? Are you angry? Are you, uh, you know, what? I've heard
1: some mixed feelings. Some people say, you know, stay out Lance. This is our sport, you know? So what do you, what do you feel as a writer? I guess.
3: Well, I watched the interviews and the second day was probably the hardest. The first day I kind of expected the second day when he got emotional, a lot of different, uh, you know, emotions within me came about. Um, I, I've always been a full supportive of his. I, I really have. I'm not, um, at, at all saying what he did was right, uh, at all. And, and I wouldn't be involved in it myself. Um, but. He, he, he did do a lot for the sport. His whole aura. Mm-hmm. He did a lot for his foundation. For what I know, for what I know of it, he did a lot for, for cancer and the foundation. And he got so many people to believe, so many people to believe, and there is a way to surpass all of this. Now, without the drugs, and if he would have still became a cyclist and maybe finished tenth or eleventh or twenty-third, you know, I don't know if he would have positively affected people as much as he had by winning the tour. So not being said, I, I can't, want, I can't want to buy anything done, but I don't, I don't hate the guy whatsoever. Um, I'm not ready to vanish. I think everybody deserves a second chance and a third chance. I mean, everybody, uh, all, all these athletes that have been banned or have been, have, have been removed from racing for a few years or a few months are allowed to return. Um, I think his just holds so much credibility because it went on for so long, and he was the biggest, arguably the biggest name in cycling in our lives in the last twenty years to to, to walk, you know, on the, on the face of the earth for the most part. Um, I don't know if that's answering your question Matt, but no. I, don't, I I think I could. I think I could forgive. Him. I, you know, I think I could forgive him if it, he's truly. I, some people, Peter Sagel, Some people have said he's a sociopath. He's a psychopath. Look at him, look at him. I don't know. I have no idea if that's really who he is deep down inside. But him as an athlete or him, what what he's done for cancer or what he's done for research or what he's done for even getting people to believe in themselves. You know, maybe the cancer research hasn't done anything for cancer. Maybe we still have the same amount of cancer deaths and disease every year. But a lot of it's in your head and a lot of it is mental at some point, at some point and to get somebody that thinks they're going to die or thinks that being dealt a cancer card is the worst thing that could ever happen to them, for just that amount of belief that say, hey, look, somebody survived. It was going to die. I think I can survive, and I think I can do this as well. That alone to me is worth more than any Tour de France victory than anything that could possibly be done on the planet. You know, just to get one person up to believe and say, hey, look, somebody did it. I did it too, and, and, and I think that you know a lot of people that truly believed in him will eventually, eventually. I don't know, not, maybe not completely forgive, but eventually
1: come around. You know, I, I, I yeah. don't know,
3: come come around. Well, thank that, you. that's the most important thing. The mental part of it is, is, is probably the most important thing of it all.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks very much for the yeah, call. Really, thank really you. appreciate Helped it. Us Great us out
1: insight. a lot. Uh, oh, yes. Cleared sure. stuff up. Take thank care. Thanks. Thank thanks you. for
0: listening. That's very interesting because this is a guy who you know was in the sport for a mm-hmm. period of time, mm-hmm. considered himself to be a, an elite rider.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and what he was talking about at the end, you know, and the question that you asked is, I think it's, is it possible for Lance to have cared about that cause, the LiveStrong cause, and all of that? And still lie about this and do horrible things like dope and gain an unfair advantage. Like, is that possible, or is it like he lied this time? He must lie always. Yeah, I mean, there. You know, I'm. I believe
0: very, very strongly.
1: I think he can still care about it, even though he was lying about this. That I don't. I think those two things do not go hand in hand at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it is. It is absolutely possible for him to have been through this, and to. Change. I mean, I believe, I believe that a human being is capable of change, even, even extreme change, even very dramatic change. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: What I didn't get from this, excuse me, at all, what I didn't get from this is the, I mean, yes, he, especially in the, in the second half of it, he shared some emotion. He cried a little bit. Okay, And that was good. But I just didn't get the sense of remorsefulness from him. No, no, it and that's didn't exactly strike what I'm me as somebody right now. who felt no.
1: Who felt like he had shattered millions of people's lives with a lie.
0: Now, to his to his credit, I guess he has never come across as an emotional, sentimental, no, no not at all person. He always has come across
1: as Robo- robotic, robotic, in a robotic guarded. Way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, serious, and when uh, when they talk about him being a bully and him having a temper and right. all of this, this does not that, sound like
0: a laid back, no, casual no. dude. He,
1: I feel like he's very stressed out. I think that the re- you know, when he went through all of that, I don't think that that made him any kind of a calmer, more serene human being at all. I think. I just think he's a very tense person. Well, oh, and yeah. and
0: you would have to be tense and intense in order to right, compete exactly. at the level that he was competing at. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, you, you're not going to find somebody. Yeah, you can't be, yeah. you can't you be know, crying
1: at the top of the mountain stage because you can't, you know, make it all yeah, the way to the, the top. The like,
0: dude is not going to be a competitive cyclist. No, no. So that the ass and even the, the caller that just called in, he sounded like a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. But you could you could hear the the focus and intensity. In, in that was part of his character mm-hmm. of the guy that just called. And who knows what he's like now? But that's a quality you, you have, have to have to be able to compete. Period. You
1: have to be able to push yourself mm-hmm. that way more than regular people mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you're you're ma- you're physically forcing your body to do what it doesn't want to do, and you're with your mind, you're mentally making it happen. And, right. Well, I am physically too, but you know what I'm saying. You're pushing yourself to that level. I think most
0: athletes will tell you that the, the the mental effort and discipline required right is, is far far tougher than the physical
1: so.
0: aspect to it. Mm-hmm. That that having that discipline mentally to push yourself. Because
1: you can put up mental walls where you're like I'll never be able to make it there and it's too right. far, you know, whatever. <laughs> but these that's why these successful, you know, sports Stars are like this is mm-hmm. because they're able to get past that. So uh, the,
0: the fact, and and if you remember when Tiger Woods came out, now Tiger Woods slept around with a whole bunch of women while he was married. Yep. To to our knowledge, he has not used any performance enhancing drugs.
1: I don't feel like golf is. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know. I don't you know. know. Right? Exactly. Okay,
0: but know. the the fact is that I don't think it's something that they look at at this time. Uh, and and to our knowledge, he's never done anything like that. Um. He went and he cheated on his wife with with tons of uh, women, all kinds of women. Mm-hmm. And he went out and, and made a public apology about this, more or less an admission,
2: mm-hmm.
0: more or less an apology. He was, I would also describe him as remorseless. I would also yeah. describe him as Um. He, he didn't seem that sorry. No. He didn't it, seem happy about it, but it seemed more like he more- was-
1: Sorry that they got caught and kind of put out that they have to talk about it now.
0: But also to, excited
1: yeah. that they're in the spotlight again. That's no, how I feel.
0: Because Tiger Woods didn't do anything that was wrong in the in the area of of his sport. Correct. He was not banned. He didn't he wasn't no. required not to play. He was He did
1: sh- lose a lot of sponsors though. He lost some uh. sponsors
0: because those are golf in general it has a lot of I mean Sponsors that want to be associated with the uh, with
1: the person, not so much the sport. Right. I would say the person.
0: And and I think I mean that's that's certainly true with Lance Armstrong. Tiger as well. Woods and
1: Lance Armstrong are winners, right? Wow. Yeah.
0: So this is a person who has questionable. More, I'm talking about Tiger. Yeah. Questionable. Um.
1: Moral you know standings. Yeah.
0: Judgments and you know what we're Cadillacs, so like we really don't want to be associated with this right. guy. We want to be associated with high end, classy stuff. Mm-hmm. This guy's cheating on his wife. Meh. We'll pass on that, but. Of course, he's allowed to continue to compete and, and play because he didn't do anything sport-wise, he didn't do anything wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He just did something screw in his personal life. Right. However, still not not the most remorseful person. And again, I would characterize Tiger Woods as one of the most driven people in, v- in driven public and public personas that's very driven. Well,
1: in. both Tiger Woods and Lance Armstrong, I feel would be the kind of person who would do anything to win. And Lance has proved that to us.
0: Do you do anything to win? Anything. Yep. So.
1: I have a, I have a question. Uh, I was kind of confused about this part of the interview. Uh, so Oprah asked if he still wanted to race. Ah, uh, right. And obviously this is something, just racing. If you, er- if you erase everything else having to do with this, the doping, scandals, the Twitter friends just racing, just being on a bike. And racing. Yes, he loves doing that. So, of course, he's still going to want to race. Right. And uh, then he talks, they talk about, this is the part I was confused about, is he's not allowed to do any uh, marathons right. or running races. I know races. exactly the part
0: you're talking about. Uh, he he can't compete in anything that is sanctioned by some kind of governing even, body.
1: Right. And not even really He, he said he couldn't run he in couldn't the, even do the, the 10K, 10K in, Austin. in
0: Austin. Right. Which you and I could uh, and should go do right now.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: he can't do that because there is a governing body; it's sanctioned, it's whatever. Right. He cannot go and do that, even though it has nothing to do. With and cycling, he had said something like, "I would to love with... to run." I don't know if it was that he was saying, "I would love to do such and such an event when I am fifty years old." Maybe it was that, maybe, you know, but something yeah. like that. And he's saying he can't even do that. And he would love to be able to do that. He's banned against doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also asked. I know you probably have this in your notes, but I want to make sure that we we get to it. Mm-hmm. He was also asked if he thought it was fair, if he thought his judgment was fair.
1: Oh, that he could
0: that he can that he is banned, that he has a lifetime ban.
1: I don't remember what he said. What did he say?
0: Uh, he was very reluctant to say evasive. that it was fair. He was very evasive about it. He didn't want to agree that it was fair. He did he say, say, I
1: deserve this, but he never defined what this is. Uh,
0: I think what he meant was, I deserve, I deserve the public being disgrace and being public, found out. Right, right. I don't believe that he, otherwise he wouldn't continuously refer to it as the death penalty, the death penalty, the I death I know, penalty. he
1: keeps saying that. It's not the death it's penalty, It's not the dude. death penalty, yeah.
0: Like, I know your is screwed up and you can't do the thing that you love to do, which is compete on, on, on a bike or otherwise. OK, but but
1: the other part of me says you should have thought about that before you did and, it. And, and this <laughs> also
0: wasn't this also wasn't the first chance that he got to come clean and, and admit it either.
1: Right. The fact that it's gone on this long, I think that. OK, so the other writers um, would only get either six months or two years like we were talking about if they were found doping. The fact that this has gone on so long, he's such a giant public figure. And he's been doping for this long. If you added, okay, if he was found out every year that he won the Tour de France, that's seven years worth of doping. So if you would have, if you would add up all the sentences sentences that he would have gotten, right, it would probably add up to somewhere close to a lifetime ban. You know, I mean, obviously, like two years, whatever. But you know, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have another thing written here.
0: Uh, You know what? I will allow one more call. Okay. Okay, we'll allow one more call. We may not get it. But if if you want to call in, we'll take one more call. The number to dial, by the way, is 512-518-5714. 512-518-5714. We're going to take one more call.
1: Right. I'm going to maybe toss out some questions that might prompt you guys to call. We're going to take him one. Do you think that Lance felt... Like, since the world had kind of dealt him hard cards, bad cards, you know, with uh, the testicular cancer and everything. Right. Do you think that even though he was cheating in his mind, he kind of deserved winning because of how bad his life had been?
0: Oh, like he deserved it.
1: Right. Do you think that he thought like that? or Well,
0: I, I remember only his comment about, um, I only remember his comment where he was discussing, um, where he was discussing, like, the testosterone aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And he had said that he felt that because he had had testicular cancer and had had the, you know, that, that to him, he might have needed the more testosterone anyway.
1: Okay, and which is which? which led to your question about
0: Exactly. And and because to him it might have been something as well, simple I'm as I'm just saying, catching
1: up with the other guys. Well, I, I kinda need that. On a health any- level. Yeah, I just kinda yeah. need that
0: anyway. There so, goes some bike
1: riders right now. Right now. It's like and, and you yeah, know what yeah. they, waved.
0: they waved. They waved. They must be listening right now.
1: Hey, hi. Uh I also I wanna I just wanna ask him like, was it all worth it? You know? And like, what was the motivation behind it all? Why? Why did he think he needed doping? Was it because he thought he would fail? Like he didn't believe in himself. Like he knew I've been riding and I've been training, and I just don't know if I'm going to be able to win this He's, thing.
0: Yes, because he said, or Hattie, he said he knew he was going to he was going to win. Okay, or there, so there was no competition to him. Right? Was he too scared to compete? Okay, so that? if
1: we know it's not that, was it because? He knew he had the drive to win, but he couldn't bear the thought of putting it all on the line and not winning. So he had to dope or because he knew he would, quote unquote, beat the odds and place high, but he didn't want to chance it. You see what I'm saying? Right. He
0: didn't want there to like, be a that chance that, that he Like there's that 1% chance
1: that he might not win. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked uh, the question that, that Oprah asked. She said, what will happen to Lance Armstrong, the man? Mm-hmm the entity that is right. Lance and I thought that was an interesting thing
0: well what what was his answer
1: uh he did he said he did not know and I agree with him and uh, do you think Lance is a bad person in general just a bad you're, you're person? you're asking me yes I don't and, believe, and the listeners if you want to call in
0: I don't believe that there is such thing as uh, I don't believe there is such a thing as a good or a bad person.
1: Play play the game here with me for a minute. I am, I, do you think he's a bad person? No, in the I don't sense believe there of, is such a thing as a bad person. This, I know, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, do you think that he is evil? Do you think he should be sent away? Like, do you think he is a bad human being for the decision that he made? Or do you think that he just made a bad decision? That's fine.
0: It, it sounds to me like he made a series of very poor decisions over a very long course of time. But I don't believe that a person. I don't believe that he is bad in the sense of evil. I don't believe he's bad in the sense of cannot be reformed or mm-hmm. fixed or yes or that's a, that's gain a an awareness. So. I absolutely believe that. That uh, now, I also want to say that I think he 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 probably is sociopathic. Wait. Which is the one we define this sociopath yes, and psychopath? So,
1: psychopath kills sociopath. He doesn't. Not them.
0: he's not a killer. No, no. But I believe he is the kind of he is very much a narcissist. Very and
1: much. And very
0: so. much a sociopath.
1: Egotistical. Just and Oprah kept saying the word jerk. Yeah. A bully and a jerk. That's um,
0: you know those are.
1: He he said many times uh, in the article. When referring to the people that believed in him, he Mm -hmm. said they got lied to. They got lied to.
0: Not I lied to Not
1: I lied to them. He's not taking full responsibility for this yet. And I I think that if he would have said that, I'm sorry, I lied to you. I did this. If he would have, he never phrased anything like that. He was very, this happened, this event went on, this unfolded kind of thing. And I don't, that doesn't sit well with me as a... You know, as someone who wants to believe him, but now can't. um, So last night
0: as I was watching this uh, thing with my wife, Mm -hmm. this interview, uh, you know, she had listened to some of our, uh, some of our part about it and she had said, well, how does Hattie feel Mm -hmm. about this? Because she knows that you're a fan, a supporter and and, and enjoyed watching this. And we didn't really tell me, you talked about it a little bit, but how do you feel? What are your feelings about Lance Armstrong today? Do you still like him? Do you could you support him again? If let's say he was allowed back in, would you root for him again? I would love to hear your your take on this as a, a fan. I actually
1: have a thing about that. Hold on, uh, and this leads into my next thing I'm going to talk about. Uh, I I kind of feel stupid in a way because lots of people out there, including you, were mm. like, "He's lying. He's doping the whole time." I knew it. People like me that believed in him and, you know, told just like his son, just like his 13 year old son Mm -hmm. blindly said, no, I believe in this person. This person's great and I'm going to stand up for them and I'm going to believe in them and I'm going to defend him. Mm -hmm. And now I just kind of feel I feel stupid for blindingly believing someone like that but in a way so, i think he did a lot of great things and like uh like mark the caller said i think he brought so much to the sport awareness to the sport money to the sport mm-hmm. um he excitement you know all the things that were not there maybe you know 30 years ago 20 years ago and I think that he has done a lot for cancer research. They raised over $500 million with the Livestrong Foundation. And that's, that's awesome. That's so great. You know? So I think he's achieved a lot of great things. And I think that he should have had more belief in himself. And maybe a higher moral, a better moral compass maybe to not dope. But. That's how I feel. I think that if he went back into cycling. Hmm. I don't know how I would feel about that. I think.
0: Should he be allowed back in?
1: Okay. Okay. This is what it leads to. I said, I wrote down, this is what I would cook up for him. Just sentence wise. Okay. This kind of ties in, you know, no races in Austin kind of thing. Right. Right. I said, uh, he can ride in anything. But he can never make any money for himself or, pr- or for promotional reasons for any business or cause by racing in any sport. He can never attach his name to anything ever again. So no Livestrong, nothing, no Armstrong Foundation, nothing like that ever again. Uh, he can never place in any competition. No sponsors or al- he's not allowed any sponsors. Plus, I don't think many sponsors would want to sponsor him anyway. Uh, he must ride alone as an individual for the pure joy of riding. At any moment, he can be removed or asked to leave a race or an event. That's what I came up with. So if he wanted to ride in the Tour de France, he can ride. He's going to be tested just regularly, just like all the other riders, but he rides by himself and he's not allowed to place. This is purely as if he wanted to walk out of his house and get on the bike and ride there. It's going to be the same thing. As if no one... As if he can't win, as if he can't, you know, if he crosses the finish line first, good for him. But the person that crosses it second, that's the winner.
0: <laughs> so, but that, that almost seems in some ways worse because he is not really able to, to do anything really. He can go in the race, but he's like, uh, he's like, a, well,
1: it's still, it satisfies like what he's talking about. The, you know, the sense of he wants to race again.
0: Yeah, at least you're saying this way. He could at least participate. He still he participates. Can't make any money and wouldn't he can, wouldn't still, be a, he he can still be a good
1: athlete. But I see what you're saying. Yes, it would take and away the, the, the guy, meaning of the race. Then you'd be the, the guy that, that, that,
0: that, that actually came in second, second place. Second, and you're like, but Lance beat uh, me. Yeah. Maybe really after <laughs> a certain
1: number of years, he's allowed back in or, you know, he's tested. Well, this is true anyway. He was the most tested athlete, I think, in that sport and also one of the most highly tested athletes of all time, you know, they would come to his house in the middle of the night in the middle, you know, Christmas day, he was taking blood tests and you know, all that. So I don't know. That's Mm -hmm. just what I, in the heat of the moment last night, I came up with that. So, but I think it is, I think it's a little harsh, but, uh, I also wrote down, has anyone ever told him it's just a sport?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you can't say that to someone because that—that's that, what he's dedicated this whole entire, yeah, you know, yeah. life to. Uh,
1: there's also an article that we got sent by a Twitter user Billy, I believe.
0: Billy, oh Billy, Billy, Billy not Billy. our Billy, Billy Baru.
1: not our Billy, not the not the Billy that broke the mug, not that Billy. Oh,
0: then I, not, this is a different Billy. Did we send him a mug by the way?
1: No, we're still compiling that okay. list. Remember right. that—that's next. Uh this is this article is about uh, Kathy, Kathy and Greg LeMond. Uh, Greg LeMond is now the lone American winner of of the Tour de France. He has I think he won it three times. Right. So he now since Lance has been stripped of all, his, all of his titles, Greg LeMond is now the top writer of the world. He takes Lance's spot, basically. Uh, And apparently their family, the Lamond family, has gone through a lot of grief and strife because of Lance. Right. Uh, They, Lance tried to befriend them many times in a very uh, superficial way. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so Greg spoke out about Lance doping long before all of this Mm. and everyone called him crazy and he got a ton of bad press and you know no one not very many people think very highly of him so now after all of this and it finally comes out now this this greg lamont guy he everyone's kind of going oh you were kind of right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and that's 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 not very fulfilling for this man, I don't yeah, believe. <laughs> I don't think so either. I told you so, kind of thing. Uh but apparently Lance really bothered them a lot. Uh bothered he, in the sense of bothered, harassed, harassed them. Harassed them, yeah. yes. Uh they call he called many times and uh this article asks Kathy Lamond how she felt like when uh When Armstrong was threatening Greg in 2001 and all of this, she said we felt terrified, terrified. I don't know if you've talked to other people who have gotten that call, uh, but Armstrong is crazy. He's screaming. He gets out of control. He threatens in a way. He said to Greg that he would find 10 guys to come out and say that Greg had used EPO to win his career. He was convinced that Greg could never have won clean. He was like, come on. You use EPO. Everyone used EPO. Greg said I didn't use EPO, and he said he'd find ten guys that said Greg did. Like that's very scary. That's really, really scary because yeah. the power that Lance Armstrong has—that's the scary part.
0: Or had anyway, or but had. yeah, I mean that's that's a serious threat.
1: Uh, and uh, Lamond also said uh, if uh, she answered, if anything. Uh, that he's saying in the first half of the Oprah interview was, uh, you know, was she, was she convinced? And she said, no, honestly, I don't feel that he's even in there. I do believe he's embarrassed, kind of. One of our lawyers uh, has a house in Hawaii just down from Lance, and I talked to him a couple of days ago, and he said every other year he's been there, he sees Lance out riding with locals, and everyone's kind of excited. Now, he said he's never with anybody out on the road. He's by himself. Uh, I think it it it's hit him. Because uh, people don't want to be near him. He's become a pariah. I think he's flailing, and I don't have any reason to believe what he's saying is true. I uh, The parts I know of what he's saying aren't true or only partially true. Uh, and Greg has not yet taken the call from Lance, and he does not feel that he wants to really talk to him at right. all. no so. contact. So I feel bad for these people, and I feel bad for, you know— this greg lemond's winning has been tarnished because of lance right. he's and ruined you know, he's it all now for him. And he now he's the winner, now the winner and now he's the winner but, if lance hadn't but it there. comes with a sour taste it's not that's not fun oh now i'm the winner because lance doped oh so it's kind of like uh the first place winner got sick so you're now you won well right. that's not fun so feel bad for uh, them i also have an article here um, with uh They've interviewed Phil Liggett, who is uh, one of the voices of the Tour de France, along with Bob Roll. And uh, Phil and Bob Roll have both been in the sport. Um, And uh, Liggett said that Armstrong has not given a heartfelt apology during the 180 minutes of TV airtime, Mm -hmm. that he's still hiding things. Well, um,
0: Okay, so let me ask you this. Yes. Why didn't he... You know, really come out and not just say like, and to them, I would say, I'm sorry. Oh, and I've got a pet peeve that he does a heck of a lot of. I'll get to that in a minute.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: No, not that.
1: You should talk about that too. I think you might've talked about it last time, but.
0: Why didn't he come out and make a full on look at the camera? First of all, he doesn't look at the camera.
1: No. And that's all right. I mean,
0: you're being interviewed by Oprah. You're going to look at Oprah. Fine.
1: But if you want to make any kind of emotional but connection to do. the viewer, you well, look straight in the camera. You're
0: interviewing me right now, Hattie. I'm looking at you. I'm talking to you. And that right there—that's the, that's the camera. Yeah. I'm going to say, Oprah. I'd like to say this. I'd like to say this a strong. Now I just looked at the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, for everybody who's watching, you know what you can do? Something like right, this. like you, you. I I screwed up. I'm so sorry. You know, and and make that apology and talk. Here's who you need to apologize to. He never really
1: apologized. No,
0: you know, he kind of sort of told people that he was. I
1: deserve this and I feel embarrassed.
0: Here's what he needs to do. He needs to look, needed to look into the camera. Not at Oprah.
1: No. Oprah did awesome, by the way. I don't, she was just like on fire. I was like, oh.
0: You look into the camera. Yeah, this was a great moment for Oprah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Look into the camera. And you say, "I have several apologies to make. I would like to apologize first and foremost to all of the fans who supported me all these years. I lied to you. I let you down. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry."
1: Yeah, he's never said anything. He, he hasn't said anything. Like I that. would like
0: to apologize to all of the people who were part of my charity, Live Strong. All the people who personally worked for me, who placed their trust in me, and whose lives I've affected by this. I'm sorry. I would like to apologize um, to my teammates and to these people, and 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 right. do that like, for he e- and explain why he's sorry and say why he's sorry. I'm I'm pretty sure Oprah would have let him do that.
1: Uh, I'm almost positive. She I'm pretty, pretty let sure she would have let him do, him do that. that.
0: He has yet to do any of those things. He didn't look at us. Uh huh. He no. looked at Oprah. He didn't look at.
1: It was very rehearsed in a way.
0: Yeah, and and I don't think that I think the reason he did it is simple. Not that he doesn't feel sorry. Okay. That's not why he did it. I feel that he doesn't believe he needs to apologize. Yeah. Again, back to the narcissism. I
1: completely agree he with that. He got caught. He, he knows sure he did is something sorry. Wrong. He sure is sorry he got caught. Right. But he doesn't need to apologize. Everybody was doing it. Like, he's still on that defensive. What do defensive. I have to apologize for? Like, what I do I have to apologize Yeah. I
0: apologize for Maybe anymore. I know
1: I did something wrong, but I know I don't have like, to I mean, apologize I, I, I for it.
0: It was obviously wrong because I got caught and, like, everyone thinks it's wrong. But... And, like, by
1: legally it's wrong, but I'm not going to apologize.
0: Like, I broke rules. Sorry. Right, right. I
1: broke rules, but I'm not sorry about it. Um. But, yeah. So, uh, this article with Phil Liggett, uh, you know, he's... You know, sitting there every year watching Phil and Bob talk about Lance and root for him and all of this, and now they're coming out and talking about you know how much they don't believe him. Everything it's it's just it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to watch happen. Uh, So,
0: what else you got about uh, this? Yeah, let's get some more notes.
1: I I have so many notes, Dan. Um. Oh, uh, this is still from the, the LeMond article. Uh, she said, Greg Lamond said, if Lance's story is true, it's the greatest comeback in the history of sports. If it's not, it's the greatest fraud. So, and that was talking uh, about earlier in his career when, it, when he was making the comeback. So I think that's a pretty good quote. Um, you were going to talk about your pet peeve.
0: Okay. This is another way that he controls or tried to control the interview. And when people do this, I mean everybody me. everybody does this once in a while. Everybody does this once in a while. I'm not saying that but I'm saying that when when it happens over and over and over again. And this is this is what it is. The interviewer asks a question. Um, do you feel what you did was wrong? And instead of responding to the question, They repeat it. Uh, Yes, I feel what I did was wrong. Instead of doing that, Mm -hmm. they then ask themselves a question the way they want it to be asked. Do I believe that I may have affected some people? Yes, absolutely. Do I think that there was something wrong with that? Yes.
1: Would I do that again? That's not the question I just asked. Right.
0: And he did this so many times throughout the interview. He would
1: rephrase it. Always. Even when she
0: didn't ask him a question or as part of his answer, he might say, I do – would I, would I do this? No. Do I feel this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Should I do this thing? No. Would I agree with that? No. Like uh, that is to me. Mm-hmm. The, it's super evasive. It's such a pet peeve of mine. When, when the, as a, you know, and I've done a lot of interviews, Hattie. Right. And I'm not the best interviewer in the world. Okay. And these are tough questions he's being asked. But as an interviewer, though, that kind of thing. And it's not because oh I'm the interviewer and I want to control everything. That's not what I'm saying. But you but, may
1: be onto a tangent or trying to lead into something. And I don't or, like
0: when when people like this when they're being asked a straightforward by question by somebody like Oprah Winfrey in you, front you of answer a huge Oprah. audience. Just answer the questions that she's asked. Don't ask yourself. And people do this in in regular situations on TV. I see it all the time. Local news, international news. It's it's. I just,
1: it bugs me when people ask themselves a
0: question and answer their own question and ask themselves another question and answer another question. They rephrase it
1: to make themselves more comfortable with answering, you know?
0: Kills me. Yeah. Because that, to uh, me, makes me feel like you're not ready to really answer any question that you're being asked.
1: That's, I think that's why at the beginning, I think that she knew, Oprah knew he was going to be like that. So and that's why she did the yes, yes or, or no, no questions. Yeah. And she said, you can't. It's yes or no. Those are the only two answers. It's right. not a big paragraph. Right. Yes or no. Yes or no. What he did not talk about at all was how he got introduced to doping the first time he did it, what he felt like when he was doing it. Was he ever close to getting caught? And then he starts talking about Kristen, his wife, ex-wife of uh, five years. They have five kids together. Um, uh, three kids, sorry. Three kids together. Um, and then he, he said a, a, a certain quote, which I do not like. He said, Kristen, where is it? Kristen and I's doping or something like that. Or Kristen and I's.
0: Was he was with Cheryl Crow too, right?
1: Yes, but he, uh, they did not marry. They just didn't. He didn't he
0: date one of I, the Olsen twins
1: or something? Um, he was everywhere, which I don't know. Um, but I don't like that he, I he never really fully said if she, if anyone knew the whole time that he was doing it. I think Oprah asked him that, like, does anyone know the whole story? Does anybody know? And he just said yes. When did they find out? Were they going to tell someone? Did you have to bribe them? Like what? I want to know the whole nine yards. I want to know the whole story.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I know I have more. Uh, Oh, it, it, he took a, a a rounded, a rounded guess, guess uh, that it cost him 75 million. It's gone. Just gone. Um. Oh, I've, I've Lost, lost yes, sponsorship,
0: lost money, lost
1: sponsorship, paying people back, live strong Foundation, all that—seventy-five million dollars. Um, I fa- Let's go back to the kid, the kid part okay. again. His then, son. Then we can close up. Right, his son, Luke, who is thirteen. Uh, he found that that he uh, Luke was defending, him at school and on social media sites and things like that. By the way, he talked about Instagram a lot. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that? Mm -hmm. Really want to go look for those comments just to read them and stuff. Uh, But I can't imagine what it would be like to tell your children that you're a liar Mm -hmm. and that everyone else in the world is right. And the people that they've been defending you against are right And now they have to go back to school. It's kind of how, you know, just regular old people who believed him feel. Now we have to go, quote unquote, back to school and tell everybody, "Eh, yeah, you're right. That must be absolutely, absolutely terrible. And I think that's the only thing he really feels terrible about. Is is having to tell his son that, yep, daddy's a liar.
0: Right. Daddy's
1: a liar. Daddy's a liar. And it would suck. Yeah. But uh, that's I mean, what he this is it. a choice that he made. Yeah.
0: This is a choice that he made.
1: So. uh, This uh, the last thing I think that he. that He said was or that he seemed to me is that I think he's really, really good. Very practiced at saying sorry. And do you know what I mean by that? No, tell me. Being sorry and apologizing are two completely separate things. How so? I am truly sorry that I have done something wrong. I have fully accepted my entire involvement in it. And my emotions are reflecting how sorry I am. Then they're saying sorry and apologizing. Mm -hmm. For him... That became an, he was putting on a play. I am, I am apologizing and I would like for everyone to pay attention, even though he really never said, sorry, he's good at seeming apologetic and like, I'll never do it again. He just seemed very, very high school to me, like Hmm. some kid that got in trouble and he's trying to get out of the teacher's bad graces, you know, I don't know. I, just don't, right. I don't think he's very sorry at all, but we will see how that goes.
0: You're a little angry.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It just. I don't blame you. Don't blame me. Yeah. Oh, Lance. Well, and you know, you want somebody that's amazing to believe in, mm-hmm. and that's not there anymore. So we'll see.
0: All right. So that's it.
1: Yeah. We will see how that we'll have little. I'm sure follow ups throughout oh, yeah. this on the frequency.
0: All right. So if you want to see the notes for this, you can go to the ones on the frequency five by five that tv slash frequency slash sixty six or specials, and this is special number. Said it before and forgot twelve.
1: Did you say twelve?
0: I think I said
1: this is thir- 12, twelve. This one's twelve. Twelve.
0: So thanks for listening. You can follow Hattie on Twitter, Hattie Bird, H A D D I E Bird. I'm Dan Benjamin on Twitter. We'll be back tomorrow for The Frequency at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. See you then.
1: Bye.